Welcome to the Joyful Journey podcast. If you're looking for more clarity in your life, clarity of purpose or how to activate that purpose, and you are someone who wants to operate from your highest self to be a force for good you know this world craves, then this is the show for you. I'm Anita Adams, your host and guide to finding clarity and creating a life you love. Let's tap into our inner wisdom, access our highest self, and unleash joy. As we do this, we raise our vibration and heighten the collective consciousness. And that, my friend, is the joyful journey. Let's dive in. Hey, Joyful Journey, Aranita Adams here, your host. And today I am excited to introduce you to Pearl Gregor. Pearl is an explorer and a seeker. She is a writer, dream coach, storyteller, writing coach, author of three books in the series Dreams Along the Way, and an international public speaker. Pearl is also a farmer, a grandmother, a blogger, <laughs> and a crone of wisdom. <laughs> I love all of that, Pearl. Welcome. I'm so thrilled to have you here today. Thank you, Anita. It's, it's, it's a very joyful thing to come and do these kinds of... So I thank you for the, for the uh, invitation Wonderful. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, I'm, I'm just delighted. I, I had an opportunity to listen to some of the uh, interviews you've done before. Actually, one of our, our listeners, Ira, um, oh, she, right. yeah, she introduced me or sent me a link to some of your work and, and said, and encouraged me to interview you. And I'm so glad that, uh, that she did. So shout out to Ira. Thank you so much for um, turning me on to Pearl. This is, I'm really looking forward and I'm super Super curious. I'm super curious about uh, this this conversation that we're going to have today about dreams and the wisdom and tapping into the wisdom of our dreams. So to set the stage or get started, I wanted to ask you if you would just share your story about how you got to hear what you're doing and have been doing for the last few decades. Mm -hmm. Well, let's let's go back 34 years. And look at April 1988. I was suffering from a depression, had been since I was 15 or 16 years old. And a girlfriend and I were having dinner or whatever. And she said, Verna said to me, Pearl, you've tried everything else. You know, why don't we go to meditation? So off we went to meditation the next, I don't know, Sunday night or something. And then I read a book that said I could ask for a dream. One of the members of my family sent me this box of books. I'm an addicted reader. Me too. (laughs) Yes. And so one of those books was a Christian approach to dream work. And I sat down and read it that night and went, oh my, I've never had a dream. I've had nightmare, 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 screaming, blood running down my hand, nightmares, hanging on for dear life, not wanting to fall. And so I asked for a dream. That was April. No, that was December 1988. December 11th, I got a dream. That dream I call the landing. I walked in. I was, on, I was in my office on the eighth floor. In reality, my office was on the seventh floor. Any case, I, elevator comes. I get in the elevator, and it starts to fall. And there's a group of women with me. I don't know any of them. And they are screaming. And I am praying, make it safe. We fall and we fall and we fall and we fall some more. And then the elevator lands in lamb's wool. It lands what? In lamb's wool. In lamb's wool. Okay. In lamb's wool. Or chicken feathers. I've never been sure. 
Okay. And that started this journey that I've been on for the last 34 years. I went on to January and February in massive, massive healing modes. I had what I call miracles in my life. And in one of those miracles, one of those evenings, this whole remembrance came back to me around being assaulted as a two-year-old. Mm. Now, that people think kids forget. Mm. Mm. And they repress. They don't forget. They repress into the unconscious, which is what dream work is all about. And it creates, well, that kind of event in a two-year-old's life creates havoc. Mm. So the rest of my life, even now, is governed to some degree. Because the body, if you read Gabor Mate, the body knows. It never forgets. After that miracle that night, my menstrual cycle went to normal. I was 43, just about menopausal for heaven's sakes. Right. It went to normal. It went to 28 days. Now that had never happened from 14 years old to 43. It would be three days, six weeks, two months, six months, whatever it felt like doing. It went to normal. Now, can you not call that a miracle? Most certainly. What what do you attribute to that miracle? Was that the request for the dream? Like I'm trying the to make request for the dream, meditating, okay. praying, journaling, 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 and journaling, and under beginning to work. I didn't understand that dream, but think about landing. Yeah. Think about falling. I'd had nightmares forever about falling. Now I fell, but I landed. Yeah. And out of that dream, I had this deep sense that I was safe. I'd never been safe in my life. Um, I went. That's what. That's what the 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 lamb's wool or the feathers. Yes, was the safety being caught. Absolutely, safely being caught. Right. And so then I went on. I mean, if you read my books. It details the next six months in a significant detail. Mm-hmm. And the dreams carried on and continued a great many deals, 400 dreams mm-hmm. in the next six or seven years. We live our lives in sequences of seven, uh, not, not to the minute, but you know, maybe seven and a half, maybe six and a half. But if you look at your life when you were seven years old, when you were 14 years old, when you were 21, when you were 28, when you were 35, and 42. This began to happen. Okay, let me back up a little bit. Hearing voices. I taught, I was a vice principal at at the age of 34. By age of 43, or somewhere in there, I began hearing voices. Well, when you know anything about psychology, that can can end up with a split in your psyche. And so this hearing voices, one day I was teaching my grade nine class. I taught one period a day. At the end of the class, some of the kids came up and, uh, Mrs. Gregor, can we talk to you? Well, sure. What do you need? Oh, they said, it's not us. It's you. We, you usually make sense, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, kids. <laughs> These are grade nines, remember. You usually make sense. Today, you didn't make any sense at all. We think you're sick and you should go home. <laughs> I went home. Oh, yeah? I was, yeah. that was, those voices were breaking through in that class. Wow. That's kind of scary. Yeah. So what what were those voices? Well, those voices would, they were never clear, but they would shout at me. Look back on it. I'm just making this up. I think they were trying to get my attention to move forward with that, Hmm. to move forward with my healing. 
I think we resist our own good. Yeah. I think there's a big amount of resistance. I, so that's I, how I got started. I mean, if you had that kind of miracle after one dream, you'd, you'd go, I think I just went, I'm an introvert. Yeah. Introverts tend to look in the inner world more than other folks. That doesn't mean extroverts don't. It just means we're more content with it. So seekers are often introverts. Mm. We're not afraid of our own thoughts. Mm-hmm. So, and I was not afraid of dreams. Lots of people tell me, oh, those dreams make no sense. Well, they don't. They, they come to you in a symbolic language. Right. What's the symbol of falling? Well, and, do you know? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. And I, I wanted to ask you um, about that, actually. So um, I've heard... And everybody has different opinions, so I'm really curious on your your thoughts on about about this. That it's not necessarily what you would find in a book that that um, what's falling symbolizes, but what does it mean to you? Specifically? Well, what it meant to me was the descent. Oh, but, hold on, though. But is that correct? Is it about what it means to you, or what you know the so-called experts say falling means? I think it's both. Okay. <laughs> okay. You know, it really, really is. I would, I always say I I operate dream circles. That's how Ira or Ira got a hold of you. I eat in my dream circle. And I say to him, it's yes, it's about you, but it is about the universe. Mm -hmm. There's some things that, for example, if you go looking at a house in, in symbolism, and I follow Carl Jung. Yeah. I mean, he, is the foremost expert, was the foremost expert. He has a lot of followers. He didn't have it all right, I don't think. But he spent his life studying dreams. So I'm not going to say that I know more than he does. I'll guarantee you that. Yeah. So if he says it might mean, he would never say it means. You, the dreamer, have the final say in what it means. Okay, I like that. So, so I have looked um, with my dreams. I have looked online for things that, you know, and, and then I, if I find something, and there's always, you know, what say falling or whatever it is, there can be a whole slew of different things that um, will pop up for that. And then I'll read something and I'm like, that's it. That's the one that, that resonates. And I think that's your yeah. body, the, the, your inner wisdom that's right. telling you that's the answer. Yeah. And that's that that's the aha moment. Yes, the aha moment. And the aha moment is in a dream circle, I do not encourage going to Google. I do not encourage going to to the you know those dream dictionaries. Okay, I mean that's all I've been using. Yeah, oh, God help me. Um, I, I say that because okay, I'll make, this is a bit of a funny story. I mean, you can tell that I'm having some tooth issues. Not I don't really. have any. They're gone. Okay. So, okay, if you go to a dream dictionary, you know what it'll say about losing a tooth? No. It's liable to tell you that you, one of your family members is going to die. Uh-oh. Well, you know, that would mean 22 dead, 22 dead family members in my family. I don't want to go there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> you see, you yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I look at that elevator dream. Now, an elevator goes up and an elevator goes down, up and down if you that was the stage for the next seven years Hmm. are you familiar with the myth of a nana no i'm not the myth of a nana a nana had to descend to the underworld and when she descended to the underworld i descended to the underworld in my dream or dreams and i had to find out who i really was 
Mm. Because we're not, we, we don't, we live in a patriarchal culture, Anita. Think about it. Yeah. Women are molded by a system not of their own design by any stretch. We've made great strides, but if you're watching the, the, the unfolding of culture in the United States yeah. around Wade and Roe, yeah, it kind of gives you a shudder. No kidding. And I mean, when you read... Um, backward step. Oh, my goodness. It is such an insult yeah. to women of color, to poor women especially. Yeah. You and I, if we wanted an abortion bad enough, would travel. Yeah. We'd get on an airplane. We'd go. Yeah. A poor woman in a ghetto yeah. has nowhere to go. Yeah. And it's, it's a control thing. So I go to my dreams and my dreams will tell me far and away more about who I am becoming or could become than the patriarchy is ever going to tell me. Yeah. That's tapping into that inner wisdom and using dreams as a source to get the information that Mm -hmm. you're looking for. So I'm I'm curious, you said that you asked, ask for a dream. So like, can you walk us through what that, Looks like it's like when you crawl into bed, you have a ritual. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, not a ritual. I mean, remember, I was totally new to this. Okay. Absolutely. So I read a book that said I could ask for a dream. So I did. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. So that's simple. So you have a journal, and I I encourage if somebody says no, I don't dream. I say okay, write down ten times when you're ready to go to sleep. I will remember a dream tonight. Ten times. I mean, I used to teach my students things like, well, I remember a physics student who said, I, I can't get, I can't, I usually get 90. I can't anymore. I'm going, tell yourself you'll remember everything you need to know. Oh, that's all I have to do. I said, well, you have to study. So, so you know it, so you can remember what you know. He wrote it down. He came to me a little while later. He said, that works. Well, was there ever any doubt? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, seriously, what I tell a lie. So, I mean, I, I wrote down, I will remember a dream tonight in my journal. There's lots written about the work of a journal in your healing journey. Yes. Yeah. I, and I tell my clients I, journal. Absolutely. And do not be afraid to write what you think. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because while somebody might find it, then put it under lock and key. Yeah. You know, or, or even I've, I've even encouraged um, clients that are, are afraid of somebody reading what they've written yeah after writing it even burn it if you if you must if you really would except yeah. i don't encourage that if it's a dream okay yeah and the reason why is if you go through my books and i have written three and you find all of the dreams about sexuality they'll burn those and that is not a good idea why well the the last dream you'll find in book book three is a dream of incest now think about the symbolism of incest, not about the horror of it. I'm talking about the symbolism of it in mythology. I, d- I wouldn't know what that is. Okay. It's the coming together of the masculine and feminine, which is what dream work is trying to get you to do is integrate your masculine and your feminine. Hmm. And it's the injured feminine that is, for me, I had to, I had to work on the return of my feminine soul. It was lost. Mm. from from being molested Mm. and that's deep stuff it is deep stuff 
you know, and so I mean, from my perspective, that works for me. But if I'm going into psychotherapy, if I'm working in psychology, if I'm working in counseling, why in the name of heaven would we not teach dream work? Hmm. I mean, that's how that's how Carl Jung began his work is because he had very, very ill patients. Hmm. And he could tap into that through they could tap into it through the dreams. Right. It shouldn't be in the hands of a complete amateur. Yeah. I would never work with, for example, someone who was dealing with, oh, let's say, I mean, I would say that they need to, they need to lead me to some degree through their dreams. I can help them to understand and unpack. By asking questions. to By go. asking yeah. questions and letting them think it through and be through. By people who are that serious, I, I can easily send to a psychotherapist. Mm-hmm. So this is deep work. Yeah. It's also very joyful work. Yeah. You know, seriously, yeah. it's very joyful. Yeah. If I think of all, I go through my books, the, I've got the word joy about 67 times in the first book, 80 in the second, <laughs> 92 in the third. Awesome. Because yeah. I mean, that's, you get up in the morning from a dream like the landing, you have no idea why, but your energy level is through the roof. Yeah. Because dreams are compensatory big word. I, I don't want to get the listeners. Oh my God, they can't understand. I don't know what that means. Well, I don't. So maybe you can tell me. Well, yeah. So all it means is your inner world is making it easier for you. The psyche yes. is your inner okay. world. Soul is your inner world. Yeah. A hundred percent. Psyche reads, means, means soul. Does it? Psyche yeah. means soul? It can. Certainly the etymology of psyche is soul. If you look okay. at it. I didn't know that. And so we've got soul ecology and soul, soul, lots of things. But you don't go to a weekend workshop and get and 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 get it all. You need a little more than that. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, I find that you're speaking my language in many ways because uh, right. you know dreams. Uh, I feel like they are another tool for understanding yourself, and that I believe is our primary mission in this world: is to know thyself, to yeah. understand and know thyself. And we can do that in many different ways. And dreams are a tool, suppose I suppose that you can use to help yourself really understand who you are, not who society tells you that you are, but who you really are. And it's such an important, it's important work to do. And I, I love that. And, I, and I, I think our, I think we're in a place in time now where more and more people are looking at this as a, as yeah. a, it's not so woo woo as it was even just five years ago, you know, we're, we're looking at. Ways Remember, to- and I was doing this work in 1988. It was a tad woo woo. Oh, I bet it was very. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We don't even go there. <laughs> yeah. And how, you know, how brave of you to, you know, continue on with that work because well, you, recognize you should that. try things like Reiki. In 1980. Yeah, yeah. That's Even crazy. meditation was considered evil, evil. by some groups. Oh, yeah. Yoga. Oh, my goodness. You could you just free the devil. <laughs> well, guess what? I don't believe that that's possible. So yeah. I was good to go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But when you talk about know thyself, Anita, that was almost, if it wasn't the first thing I wrote in my journal, it was the second. Okay. Yeah. I was determined I would tell no lies. Yeah. And that 
when I was writing those books, I had a number of meltdowns around, well, when somebody reads that, they'll think I'm nuts. And then I decided, well, who cares? Totally. They think I'm nuts. I won't even know who they are. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. Was it, uh, I think it was Brene Brown that said something like, um, what somebody thinks about you is not your business. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I love that. Because it isn't any of my business. Not my business, what she thinks nope. of me. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> who cares? Yeah. Um, just to touch on uh, or to complete that thought about um, the inward journey being joyful. Obviously, I, I believe that calling this podcast The Joyful Journey. <laughs> it, it is It is. It's not always joyful. It can be very painful on that inward looking journey. Uh, however, as you take that journey, it leads to more and more joy as you, because you embrace who you are, right? You accept by, by taking the journey and by embracing the pain and looking at the pain, you begin to accept who you really are and you yeah. embrace it and, and love that individual. And that's such that well, you realize that you cannot know joy without knowing the worst. Yeah. You cannot know light without darkness. You cannot know darkness without light. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I look at joy absolutely the number of times I was enraged. Mm. The number of times I wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and even your hand hurt and you were still scribbling. Yeah. <laughs> because you had to get that out of you. You have to let it out. And midlife 40s are the time, a massive time of growth. Mm. When I, I, can, I can tell the first person who comes along and says, I want to study dreams. And I say, uh, how old are you? Oh, I'm 35. Bingo. Uh, I'm 41. Bingo. I'm 60. Bingo. It's <laughs> seven, 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 seven. Oh, just, yeah. 70. 70 is huge. Mm. We, don't, we don't just grow in our 20s. We're growing throughout our lifetime. Absolutely. I mean, my latest book that I'm reading is on eldering and dreams. Hmm. Think about, so I'm 77. Think about growing in your 70s. Sadly, our culture doesn't seem to believe. Oh, and while we celebrate those who do, but we don't encourage those who don't grow in their 70s or 60s or 80s. 70s could well be the best time of your life. Hmm, it could be. Certainly 50s and 60s were. So what's to say 70s? Won't yeah, be? it just keeps, I feel like it just keeps getting better and better. So what, why better. would that ever stop? Yeah, <laughs> precisely. So, you know, and I think that eldering is, is really important in our culture right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, the gift to young people of a person, an old person who sits down and talks with them mm-hmm. about whatever has got to be a big bonus, you know? So dreams, I think, are any age. I think children have massive dreams. Mm. And people say, oh, go back to sleep. It's just a dream. No, pay attention. Pay attention. Yeah. You can have children draw their dreams, all kinds of things. Yeah. You were going to say? I was going to say our our culture dismisses dreams. And from some of the things I've heard you say before is that 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 is something that I think maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, that that's something that needs to be changed, that we need to embrace um, having conversations around the breakfast table. Um, Not not about the weird dream, but about the dream and the meaning it has to to you. You can have a conversation about the weird dream because etymologically weird means wise. 
Oh, yeah? I didn't know that. So why not? I had a weird dream. I mean, I gave a presentation at Womenition a few years back, and it was called Being Weird. Being Weird. Being Weird. I had a lot of fun with that that talk because the first words out of my mouth were, every time I talk to somebody about dreams, they say, I had the weirdest dream last night. I could have that tattooed on my forehead. <laughs> I had sure the weirdest dream last night. Yeah. And yet there's wisdom in that dream. Hmm. There's wisdom in a dream that's one sentence. Hmm. We spent one group of women, we spent an entire three-hour period unpacking the word darkness. Hmm. Think about that. Hmm. And we did a hand-washing ritual at the end of that night. Hmm. Let me read you the dream that came out of that out of that night. I love that. I am in an unknown. So mis- is, is, pardon me, is this your dream or is this? This is my dream. Client? Okay. Mine. I wouldn't, I don't, I don't share my client's dreams okay. because they're confidential. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. I am in an unknown, misty, faraway place. Someone speaks of Eleusinian mysteries. I reach behind me to lift away three layers of something like cardboard. A banker tells me I cannot lift those layers away, but I do anyway. You can't stop me, I say. Somewhere there is a sense of apples. Now, if you had that dream, what would you possibly think? I don't know. I guess what I'm struck with is the the banker. I don't know if that's significant. That was, it was a, a banker specifically, but that caught my attention. And him telling you can't do that. And you knowing that you can, that you are going to. There's power. You, there, I feel empowered in hearing that. Um, and apples to me is something that is comforting. It reminds me of my grandma and being in a, a place of comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, for those are little things that pop for me, but that's me. What tell us what, you know, what did this dream mean to you? Well, I could ask you a few questions. Why is the dream in a misty, faraway place? Hmm. Why does the dream speak of Eleusinian mysteries? I mean, how many amongst your listeners know an Eleusinian Mysteries? I don't know what it is. Okay, I didn't either. Yeah. I hadn't a clue. Dreams often come from your unconscious or the collective unconscious. Okay, that's interesting. The collective is the history of the world, the Akashic records. Mm-hmm. And so if, I, if I'm looking for something that's behind me, and it's three layers of false, because it's a cardboard. It's not real. Cardboard is just... It's not real. Mm-hmm. I think there's something behind me. There's nothing behind me. Certainly not cardboard, but it's been banked. It's been kept in storage. That's what banks do. Mm-hmm. And so I, you can't stop me. And then a sense of apples. Think of women and apples and think of mythology, women and apples. Mm-hmm. Okay. So who so, was Eve? What do you mean? Who was Eve? <laughs> who was Eve? It's a symbol, symbology of the apple. Yeah, yeah, the original. My dissertation is called The Apple and the Talking Snake. Right, yeah. So this dreams, I awake from the dream thinking to myself, I am for the very first time pleased I am woman. Hmm. I feel connected, warm, filled with a deep and peaceful energy. I remember the dream with the apples later in the morning when I in a Strathcona Academy in Connie Mycroft's office There's a ceramic apple sitting on her desk. It's a Christian school, a ceramic apple, and a dream of Eleusinian mysteries, which I couldn't even spell then. When I finally 
went looking and looking and looking. It took a long time before I found anything on Eleusinian Mysteries. Esther Harding went to the Eleusinian Mysteries and their ancient women's blood rites. Hmm. Ancient women's blood rites. Dreams are often full of mythology. Our culture almost laughs at mythology. Hmm. We, we, so it's a huge learning curve. Yeah. No, so that's but really interesting. That's I, know, a, I know that you, um, you've become, uh, I think your words, a radical feminist. Is that your words? Radical yeah. feminist? <laughs> um, yeah, that's mine. That, was that the, having those dreams, was that the beginning of that? Was that giving you insights into the direction that you were um, taken? Or were you already on that? Absolutely. You were already on the path. I was on the path to at some degree. My students often said, I, I, and, and actually my colleagues at, in New Sarepta High School gave me a podium as a gift. And because I spoke for myself, lots of women don't. We worry way too much about what somebody's going to think. Mm. So we don't necessarily speak our truth. Mm-hmm. One, of the, one of the truths I had to deal with in the last five years Maybe it was six or seven, doesn't matter. One of the things was Laura Lee Scott asked in a workshop, where am I complicit in my own silencing? Great That's a question. huge question. Mm-hmm. Where am I complicit in my own silencing? Where do I shut myself up because I don't want somebody mad at me? I don't want somebody criticizing me. You know, I want everything to be just peaceful and, and, uh, just whoop-de-doo, isn't this wonderful? Yeah. You know, sometimes it isn't. I was a vice principal and administrator and a consultant, and I taught at the university. Sometimes you really have to stand up for yourself. 100%. really have to stand up for yourself. You have to say things like, no, I'm not doing that, period. Don't tell me again. I'm just not. Mm. Some people don't like that. <laughs> So what I'm I'm hearing is that it was through your dreams that you found empowerment and understanding of who you are that you can step in to be this woman that your dreams were showing you that you could be. And that meditation showed me. Meditation, okay. Yeah, med- meditation was huge in this. I mean, I I went that first six months, there were so many things that happened that just I suppose, deepened my soul. I mean, I grew up very, 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 very Catholic. Okay. And okay. dreams are huge. I just want to ask you one quick question, just so I'm, I'm following. Sure. Um, so that was when you first started having or asking for dreams. Um, that was that when you say that that first six months. So when you were in your early 40s. That was December 1988. Yeah. Okay. And so in the next six months, yeah, I had... I can I can go through it if you like, but you can read it all in my book, in book one as well. It's called I, the Woman Planted the Tree, which comes from the story of Anana. Okay. That title. And that descended to the, the poetry. Ones. Yeah, that descent and ascent. That's December 11th. December 31st, I was in such a tizzy, you have no idea. I left the house that night slamming doors and just having a fit to myself. My computer wouldn't work. <laughs> And I was just enraged by that computer. I took my daughter to the babysitter, or not, she was staying overnight there. She wanted to go there. And I was peaceful, cheery, and all the rest of it. You can do that. You can go from rah, 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 to 
okay, I'm perfect. I had a great mask in those days. Mm-hmm. I could put on a mask. Then in that evening was a, a goal setting workshop. And while part of that goal setting was meditation, and one of the men across the room, I'd never seen him before, never saw him since, said, I have a vision for you, Pearl, because you won't accept it. Okay. He said, it's a river of silver coin and a voice that's, and sunflowers, a field of sunflowers, and a voice that says, the endurance run is over. Think about those words. The endurance run is over. I left that evening, that workshop, feeling like $8 million. Mm. That was the 31st. On the 21st of January, so that's three weeks later, I went to a charismatic renewal event. Now, people in, the, in our modern era, people take religion as some kind of bad thing. Perhaps it is. It's got its downside without doubt. However, there's a lot of greatness to it, too. There is an amazing amount of greatness. Mm-hmm. While I was there, I did, wasn't taken with the speaker at all, one, not one little bit. I was planning to leave. When I found myself at the front of the room and a man, a big, tall, heavy set man, and his little tiny bird-like wife prayed. And this lady got so excited. And she said, Jesus is here. And a great insult has been healed. I flew home. A great, I had no idea what he was talking, what she was talking about. A great insult. It didn't matter. My energy went through the roof. Hmm. That's just January 21st. There's a, there was incredible turmoil that came in the next three weeks. I, at one point, was standing in front of a window with a, I shouldn't put, maybe even admit this, but it's true, a paper cutter in my hand that weighed about eight pounds. And I'm about to smash the window and go out it. Hmm. I mean, this is not much fun. Hmm. However, I phoned my, my girlfriend phoned at that moment. Hmm. And I asked her if we could meet that night. And we did at her and her friend's house. We went into meditation again. And that's where the whole story came out about the molestation. And not only that, I was given the gift of compassion and forgiveness. Hmm. I'm mumbling to myself, that poor man, that poor man. My girlfriend is saying, I'll kill him. Hmm. I mean, I, that in that moment, that healing that took place... Now, I've asked many people who read my books, so did you see the miracle part? No, what part was that, Pearl? <laughs> I don't know why that is. If the modern world doesn't accept miracles, hmm. I don't know. But I went on from that to do a whack of healing work, but never has there been another moment as high or as joyful yeah. as that. Wow. You want to talk about peace and joy? I can tell you a hundred times about that night and feel the same way every time. <laughs> That's awesome. It really, and, really is. And was the the joy of, did it come from the compassion and the forgiveness? And the forgiveness. You, re- you released something. It was just gone, Anita. It was gone. That's interesting. Isn't it ever? Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I, I mean, for me, that was a profound moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think profundity takes, brings joy. Yeah, a hundred percent. So it's so I'm I'm piecing some stuff together. Your it was a combination of um, asking for dream, yeah. recording, you yeah. writing them down, uh-huh. meditating. Were you uh-huh. during your meditation? Were you was there something you're focusing on? Was it? I was getting messages throughout the meditation for several years. Okay, 
One of them was things like, because you get very full of doubt when you think, you think that couldn't have really happened. Did it really happen? Yeah, I, I've been there. Where well, yeah. yeah. And my inner voice, inner voice said things to me like, I would rather that you doubt than be blinded by your certainty. Great. Think about that. I like that. Isn't I'm, that I'm gonna, awesome? I write that down. I would rather that you doubt than be blinded by your certainty. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, because I, 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 I go down that path of, yes. uh, of doubt around because I feel like the veil is, is just starting to lift, you know, right. it's a really amazing things. And I'm like, is, is that really, did that really happen? Or <laughs> is my imagination just so fanciful that it's creating things, you know, because I, I have to logically connect the dots and sometimes I can't logically connect the dots. And uh, it's just, it's interesting. And I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So I, I put out just, um, just the other day, um, a, a podcast about automatic writing and yep. I shared some, um, some downloads that came to me through automatic writing. And it was pretty powerful, really powerful. I've been doing this actually for a while, but it was the first time I've, I've shared it publicly. Mm-hmm. And there was definitely some vulnerability that went with <laughs> that, right? And uh, the day I put it out, uh, I went for a walk. That's my thing is I, you know, I go for a walk in nature and, and I have my conversation with God in the universe. And I'm just like, asking the universe is this you know is this real is are you actually speaking to me through my automatic writing or is it just my imagination and and if it's if it's real you know send send me some kind of message and uh, that very night a friend of mine she called me up and um at first she said i i just she she had just discovered my podcast it's yeah she just discovered my podcast and she listened to it and she was so moved by this one that i did and it was it's about the message, the core message was about um, being love. Like you are love. You are loved. You are not, not loved. You are love. You right. embody love. And that was the mm-hmm. message that I, I was getting that, yes, you are loved and mm-hmm. you are love. And my girlfriend just, she just raved about it, which was really sweet. And then she says, you have to go check out this um, Lee Harris, who is a, a channeler. And she just Googled him and this, this almost the same exact message, the same words that I had said in my, my thing were repeated in what he was doing. And then she said, and this is the part I'm trying to get to, is that she got a strong message that she needed to reach out and tell me to keep doing this. And I'm like, yes. yes. So on that note, Anita, I have to, I have to reach behind me because I am going to read you something. Oops, wrong side. This is, this is the first book. Okay, now this okay. first, this first, this comes from an experience I had on my front deck. I have a big mugle pine out there. I was praying that to heal my shoulders. I was 35 36, whatever I was. And I had to vacuum my house. I, we have three kids and I work full time. There's lots of things to do on Saturday morning. And that mugle pine lit up into a blue translucent light. And I got this energy download and I flew around this house. You would not believe how quick I cleaned this house. And that's, that's the beginning of it. And so channeling, I don't use that word very often, but it's absolutely what happened. Yeah. 
I'm a little uncomfortable with that word, too, because it's so new to me. But uh, well, <laughs> I mean, let's face it. If you read the Bible, what do people think God is doing or Jesus is doing or whoever they believe in? Yeah, Where do you think that's coming from. Yeah, I, 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 I totally believe that, too. And I, I believe that our inner wisdom is coming to us from God, the divine within. Right. So that, I guess, is is channeling. I just feel uncomfortable. Well, I mean, I, I sang for many years in church. Make me a channel of your peace, mm, channel of your love, channel of on and on and on. Well, when it happens, why would you not believe it? Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> or, or when you have logical mind is saying this isn't this does not connect. And so, so let me talk about know. logic. Let me just mention logic. Please. Anita, <laughs> logic is Dare I say it on a podcast? Yes, say it. <laughs> I have a 20 cows on my farm. Uh, we turn that into compost. Uh, it's called BS. Right. Okay. You know, so um, logic is highly overdone. Yeah. The, neuro, the new neuroscience says it really doesn't exist. We have been sold a bill of goods by Descartes and the boys from the 17th century or whenever he was about, maybe it was the 18th, doesn't matter, they can look him up. He, he convinced people that they have a rational mind. Well, hmm. our rational mind is rather limited. Mm-hmm. In fact, I would venture to say that channeling is incredibly irrational. The feminine is irrational. The feminine is the environment. What's rational in the environment around you? Do trees follow a rational pattern of thought? Really? Do the flowers in my yard, does a horse follow a rational, does my dog, Buddy, follow a rational pattern of thought? Yet they get through their day quite well, thank you. The work I did in dreaming is irrational. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's all of the things that our logical culture, patriarchal logic, mm-hmm. does not accept. Right, yeah. And so, of course, it challenges our logic. We have lived with logic and women have lived with the masculine, we need to develop our feminine, right. which is irrational. That's now, you've often been accused of being hysterical. I say, so what? <laughs> What's your point? <laughs> wow. You, yeah. Do you even know where hysteria comes from? No. Well, read Foucault, and the origin of, of uh, hysterical is, comes from they thought it began in the womb, this notion of hysteria. Mm. And so, how rational is that? <laughs> how rational is witchcraft? Yeah. I mean, there's many, many, many examples of what's not rational. And yet, dream work is not rational. Well, of course, it's, ra- it's irrational. We said, so we need to embrace the irrational. We need to embrace the yeah. irrational. Yeah. So let's embrace challenge for a minute. Yeah. I mean... I mentioned January or December 31st. Let me see if I can find it. As all all these messages that come, here's a message. I call them promptings. You have put the process in motion. Surrender. Mm. Trust. Remember the promises we made to you. We had another life. We've had other lifetimes. Mm. So that's one. Let me go back a little bit further. There's the dream. So it has to come after that. January 2nd, 1989. I am in the blackest of deep, in the, in the deepest of black moods. I wonder if all my extraordinary spiritual development is some kind of macabre joke. 
Remembering the absolute worst of times, I think only of crawling under the bed and staying there forever. I am crying and furious. The new computer doesn't work. I am, I'm supposed to be at Jerry's by seven o'clock. I can't. I can't. I simply can't. I put, I plan in my head. I'll drop Rachel off and come straight home. I slam the bedroom door on the way out. I'm done with this whole stupid idea of meditation. Calm and civil, I drop Rachel with Yvonne for a few days. I smile and greet the group. I sit to meditate. <laughs> that's how, I mean, that's how this journey goes. Yeah. You're so enraged one second and you put on your mask and go do what you have to do. The energy returns stronger. I receive a deeply moving vision of sunflowers, seeds, a forest of trees, and a beautiful river of coins. I have never seen the man who voiced the vision before. I've never seen him before. I have not seen him since. Mm. Now, why is that? Mm. Was he real? I don't know. An angel. Through me came words that left my whole body vibrating. Mm. I mean, you can't make this stuff up, I don't think. No. I mean... And this is the next one. Beloved child, you have waited for this year and this time to come. It is time to step forward into the coming age of perfection. This is the end of the endurance run. You and your family will see joy, mm. happiness, peace, and prosperity, light, love, and knowledge beyond your wildest comprehension. This was the promise made to you when you walked on the sand at Galilee. Mm. Like, if you think doesn't make you stop and what is going on here, yeah, yeah, be at peace, child, and that is it. And so, I mean, I carried on somehow or other in the face of what, when I read it out loud, sounds preposterous. Being in the experience myself, it it doesn't sound preposterous, and right. I maybe it's just another form of confirmation I needed to hear. So, thank you for sharing Perhaps. with me. Um, and it's. Yeah. This is a journey, and, and those who are listening to this sh show, I suspect, are on a similar journey, are curious to be on that journey, right? Are open to it, and that's what's it's so beautiful because it's we don't have all the answers. We've got interesting ideas that you can explore that will take you deeper into understanding thyself, and that's really all that matters. And there's so much learning that happens when you right. are when you are open. Right. When you well, are what happens for me is I don't understand much. I really don't. Yeah. I mean, knowledge is not understanding. Yeah. Information is not understanding. But boy, have I got questions. Yeah. Be curious. Oh, man, I've got a million and two questions. Me too. Me too. You know, so, I mean, you, you figure out after 75 years of living that you know nothing. <laughs> you really do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 75 years isn't even a click yeah. out of the millions that the universe has been around. Right. Yeah. So what makes us think we know something in one lifetime, for heaven's sake? I, I had that very thought just uh, the other day, and I want to know so much more. And the more I know, the more I realize the, right. the, the little I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, much more, which I find actually really exciting. And maybe that's what will keep us young right. is that quest to keep learning and trying to understand ourselves a little more and understand the yeah. universe a little bit more and tap into that collective consciousness a little bit more and mm -hmm. you know, all that stuff. It's just so, I find it riveting, riveting. Um, mm -hmm. I, I want to, I'm being mindful of the time and I, I want to yes. make sure that we, um, 
I want to give our, our listeners a few things that they can walk away with that might help them understand their dreams a little bit more. Is there, are there any techniques you, you tapped into a couple of them at the beginning? We talked about putting it out there, asking yeah. for, for dreams and mm-hmm. then that 10, you know, write it down 10 times. Um, I will remember this dream tonight. Yeah. Um, what else, what else can we? Well, the first thing you, you do is you write down your dream. Okay. And you don't write any, you don't pretend you know what it means. Don't put it. You probably don't. Right. Just, just write in my dream. Yeah. I was walking down the road past my grandparents' farm. Or, well, I mean, you can read dreams in, my, in all of my books. And that's how they all start. That comes from that book that I read the first. So I'm writing down and I'm writing it in present tense because that dream is happening and always happening. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. I mean, so write, write it in present tense. That's write it in present tense and, and write down precisely what happened in the dream. Right. No right. additions, no subtractions. Right. Be honest. Right. Even and if then, it makes absolutely no sense, just put it in there. It doesn't matter. Absolutely. And, and, and put it in there. If the worst dream you've had in your life, write it down as it happened. Mm-hmm. An incest dream. You're making love to the next door neighbor or whatever it is. It gets written down right. because there's symbolism in the dream. Right. And the dream. And it's not, not necessarily literal either, right? So, oh, God, nothing's literal in a dream. Nothing's not literal. Okay. One thing. No, I lie. 2% of dreams are precognitive. Only 2%. So, two, well, that's what the research says. Maybe it's three. I mean, you know what I mean? It's very little. Very, very little. Maybe it's 10, but that's still pretty little. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I look for literality in my dream, why would I bother with a dream? Mm. I mean, the dream tells us what we do not know. And we're pretty happy. We don't really accept that. We think we know everything. I just finished saying we don't know nothing. Mm. I mean, think about the dream I read you about the Ellicinian Mysteries. We asked about, we didn't ask about the big things, the Ellicinian Mysteries. We thought the apples were comforting and something to do with whatever, knowledge, when it's, sim- it's old, old, ancient mythology. Mm. Mythology is huge in dreams. Good. Okay. So, so write down everything. Write down write everything. Judgment. And then I would leave it for a day or two and oh. see what happens. Okay. You can even write down, I want to understand. I intend to understand. Help me understand. And like you asked in the, in your when you were meditating, I, I need to give me a sign. Mm-hmm. You know, and then don't be don't think a sign is too easy. You know what I mean? Don't go making up signs is what I guess what I'm trying to say to confirm what you think already. But if you leave that dream for a couple of days, you will be amazed. You'll be reading something. <gasps> there it is. That's what that could possibly mean. It, the universe sends us so many things we don't pay attention to. I mean, like it's like when I walked into Connie's office the next morning and there was, a, there was the apple on her desk and I suddenly remembered the dream. Yes, that's happened to I, me before. Really? So cool, yeah. Often I would get in the shower after, and I wouldn't remember I got it, had a dream. Oh, so you're singing away, you know, uh, what was the song I remember singing one? Oh, Pistol Pack and Mama. I'm singing in the shower, Pistol Pack and Mama. <laughs> right. All of a sudden, the dream returns. Yeah. I've got a gun and I'm ambushing and shooting myself, pistol packing mama. 
I'm honored against the world. That's what the dream was about. Like, who would come up with that? So, So tell your dream to one trusted confidant. Not somebody who's going to babble it everywhere, but your husband, some person who you trust the most. Somebody who will not say, oh, that that's easy. That means, because they don't know. You know and will know quicker than anyone else. Ask as many questions as you can about the dream. Read as much as you can about mythology. Hmm. And if you must find, no, that's not a good idea. Give it some time and let it come through you just like the channeling comes through you. Right. And maybe it doesn't have, okay, what would you do with a dream like this? It's October 19, no, 2017. The 27th of October, actually. And I have a dream. And that dream bolts me up right in bed. And it's green kaleidoscope of colors going around and round in this kaleidoscope. And a voice that says, I am the divine feminine. <laughs> my, like I, I, it took me a long time to go back to sleep after that one. And I'm still pondering, what does that really mean? Mm. Other than if I looked out at the universe and I saw every green color possible, that is the divine feminine. And that's who we are. That's who men and women have that. Feminine isn't just for women. Yeah, no. It's not at all. It's, a, it's every bit as much for the men because they are nurturers and can be nurturers. They are creative and can be creative. We need to accept it in the, in the patriarchal culture. That's, that gets you started. Oh, join a dream circle. Come with me and join a circle. Can, can you do, we'll get some more information at this before we wrap up. Um, can you join a dream circle online or is it? Uh... Well, we do Zoom calls with dream circles. So my dream circles are all over North America and a couple in Europe. Well, I, I would love to hear more about that. Um, I just got a couple more quick questions for you. Um, I have been told that when uh, people appear in your dream, that they represent part of yourself. Yes. Is that that is true? So it's not necessary. So if my husband shows up in my dream, it's it's not actually that I'm dreaming about my husband, but maybe something about a masculine part of yourself is showing up. Yeah. And so, so do you ask yourself, what, what does that person mean to me? Well, what, what I, I asked my, I asked my my clients two questions. What do you dislike about that person? And they don't like to answer that one, But, but I always insist one thing that makes you crabby. That bug bugs you. Now, if, if you're trying to tell me nothing bugs you about anybody, I'm gonna I'm gonna say liar, liar, liar. <laughs> liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> pants on fire. And what do you like about that person? What do you most like? What do you most dislike? And then say to yourself, that's me. Yeah. And I don't like the dislike part, but guaranteed if you look at yourself with that, I will be honest and that. The unexamined life is not worth living. Mm. Well, where do I exhibit the same behavior that I dislike in someone else? Because that's usually what we do. Right. I often um, tell my clients, if you get triggered by somebody, yes, look at what what is it that's triggering you? Because you're seeing yes. yourself in that yeah. person. That's the same thing, Anita. Okay. You just same, said the same thing, dislike and like. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's really interesting. Okay, so that's that's a really good tip when uh, somebody, yeah. somebody is in your dream to 
um, explore what is it that you like about that individual and what you dislike about that individual right. and what that that means to you. Maybe where yeah. that will reveal, again, I'm putting words yeah. in your mouth, that will yeah. reveal something in your life that you need to, to explore. Exactly, right? that I can explore. Yeah, that's interesting. That's really, that's right. really practical right. tips that we can use yeah. to yeah. learn mm-hmm. about ourselves and our dreams. Totally. So I imagine you must keep a dream journal right by your bed. Like I've, you have. I do. I do. Right. Instantly. Right. I do. I mean, dreams now at, at my age, or maybe it's just a dry period. I don't know. They're nowhere near as frequent as those seven years where I, I worked on that on dreams from 88 to 95, 96. It was unbelievable. Well, I'm, and I'm curious about that because I suspect it's because you were you were asking for it. You were one. Yeah, I was immersed in it. Yeah, yeah. I was I was obsessed. Yeah. With my own healing. Yeah. Because those dreams are answer. all. You were looking for answers and asking I, dreams. Uh, yes, exactly. Asking question, question, question. Yeah. And yeah. often got answers in my dreams, not literal answers. Yeah. But when I unpacked it. Yeah. There was some symbolism there. Some gold. I, mean, I did, I did a, my dissertation. My husband died in, in 2000 very suddenly. I was 56. Um, I went back to university in 2005. I did a dissertation using dreams. And those, throughout that period of time, the things I learned from dreams was just amazing. Right. You know, so it really be gold there if you're willing to put the time into yes to dig it up right I think it's an investment in yourself yeah. and self is the capital S self yeah. the divine self higher self yeah yeah okay I've got one more little question for you and I'm I'm curious on your thoughts about this so uh, a while ago it's probably a couple months ago now I when crawling into bed I would say take me on an adventure right. And I had some crazy adventures. <laughs> so I, and to the point where I actually had to stop asking for the adventure. <laughs> no kidding. The proper sleep anymore. Um, so are those dreams telling me anything or am I literally just going on an adventure? Well, if you say, okay, when was the last time you went on an adventure out your front door? Uh, well, I go on an adventure every day. I hope my exactly. Friends. So think about an adventure. One of the uh, please, I remember the title of this book. This this gentleman wants to go on an adventure. He goes into his garage, and the whole adventure unfolds. <laughs> it's your imagination. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, so so you're saying I, that, I, that that calling of that you know send me on an adventure is my imagination. That's not. But but, but think about imagination. Okay. Imagination. In dream work, we use something called active imagination. Imagination is real. Imagination is real. It's not just your imagination any more than it's just a dream. Hmm. Imagination has been, pardon my, literally lost in our culture. Hmm. Oh, no, it's got to be real. It's got to be rational. Right. Back to oh, we need a lot of dreaming and a lot of irrationality to solve our environmental climate crisis. No kidding. What a great point. You know, we need a lot of dreams and a lot of imagination to solve our patriarchal problem. Mm-hmm. That gives me hope. Yes. Oh, you better believe it. Yeah. I say that women, women dreamers change the world. Mm-hmm. Not just women dreamers, but those are mostly who I work with. I have one man who comes religiously. You know, but 
I, I did a podcast on my son's sports show a couple times now, or not a podcast. He interviews. He's a great interviewer. And we did this thing on mental health, dreams, and sports. And afterwards, Jason challenged his male listeners in sports to step up to the plate and begin to deal with their own feminine and their own healing and stop waiting for the women to do it all, <laughs> which I found quite endearing. Mm. I got five phone calls after that for, from men. Great, great. You know, I think they're waiting to be invited. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, because that's that's their, this is their world. Yeah, you know? absolutely. 100%. Anyway, I have, a, I have a dental surgery appointment at 1.30. Okay, uh, you think I need one? Conversation. It was beautiful. Thank you. Um, final question. Just tell us how uh, our listeners, if they wanted to connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? And of course, we'll include that information in the show notes. But just uh, the best way to connect with me is through my website. Okay. Dreams along the way. That's um, remember, you can circle. join the the dreams. You can't join the dream circle, but you can fill out the application for a dream circle. I don't have any now until September. You can arrange through the question through a subscriber process on the website to begin private sessions with me. Um, I do private sessions, an hour session, an hour and a half session. And I do well, right? I just started this a family of dreamers. Oh, cool. There's four people in the family. I don't have that on the website, but if that's an interest, I would develop and put it on the website. So you can contact me. There's a question. There's a little question form you can fill out. That website is packed with information and podcasts and all manner of things. Great. Yeah. yeah I've, I've explored your website. There's some great stuff right. there. Okay. And we'll also include links to your, your books, which I believe are also on your website. They're also on Amazon. They're, I have a dream journal on Amazon and three books that I've written about my own personal journey through dreams. Yeah. Great. Well, Pearl, what an absolute delight to sit and chat. I have a feeling you and I could sit for hours just having conversations about this. <laughs> I, I really appreciate your time and, uh, and the learning that has come. Yeah. And I really appreciate being asked to do this interview. And it, it's, it is so important that we spread this information I, far and wide. I agree. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much, Pearl, and Joyful Journeyer. Thank you for tuning in. I really hope you enjoyed our show today, and we will catch you next time. Thank you for joining me on the Joyful Journey podcast. If anything resonated for you from today's show, or if you are looking for more clarity in your life, clarity of purpose, or how to activate that purpose, then head over to joyfuljourney.ca and become a member of our community. We'll start by sending you a free download of our three guiding principles to inner wisdom, which will give you a great foundation for finding the clarity you are seeking. And you'll become part of a growing community of people who are raising the collective consciousness. So head over to joyfuljourney.ca and I look forward to connecting with you directly.